Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like Him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. Anyway, today we got a panel coming to you, and we're gonna just run through some questions. Oh, in this series on why, we've been doing a lot of why. Why does God not hear my prayers? Why do I keep sinning? Why do I struggle with? We've been going back and forth, and so we got uh, just a bunch of questions that I think a lot of us have asked in the past. Um, Some of these questions you'll have asked, and some of them you may not personally struggle with, but you may have had someone, maybe a family member, a friend, a coworker that doesn't come to church or that isn't a Christian ask you these questions. You didn't know what to say back to them. And so we want to give you thoughts, perspectives, and Bible verses that you could stand on and use these as truths for your life. And so we just want to kind of jump into some of the harder questions that some of us have a hard time navigating and understanding. Maybe after church today, someone's going to say, why were Casey and Wendy arguing on the stage today? (laughs) You never know. Let's hope. Why? Um, Let's see. And I'm always right. (laughs) That's the answer right there. The first question is, Dad, tell me why God doesn't just save everyone. Yeah, I think we hear that a lot, don't we? Isn't everybody a child of God? And the answer to that is everyone is a creation of God. But those who choose Jesus are children of God. It's through Christ that you become a son or daughter of God. The other question along that line that we often hear is, how could God send someone to hell? And the answer is, he would not. God, God doesn't decide your eternal destiny. You do. So God gives a choice. I read it last week. God sets before you life and death, blessing or cursing, eternity in heaven, eternity in hell. You choose. So if you live your life and you say, I don't believe in God. I don't want to know God. I don't want to follow God. I don't believe in God. Then when you die, your choice takes you to a place that's separated from him. That's what hell is really all about. It's being separated from God. And uh, if you desire to know the Lord, you believe in him, you, you follow him to the best of your ability, then when you leave your body, you leave the earth, you enter into an eternal relationship with him. That's not on him. That's on us. And we choose. Maybe the hardest thing in hell is knowing you chose to be there, that you did not want a relationship with God. So, yeah, if, if everyone is saved, then there's no choice. We're just angels. We're just created beings. But when God created us, he made us like himself. So you have a human will. You set your own destiny. You even choose your own eternity. And without that choice, you can't be like God. You can't be in relationship. If there's no option, there's no relationship. You know, if you tie your kids up and don't let them leave the house, (laughs) that's not a relationship. 
That's abuse. And so if God gave us no choice, then there would be no connection, no relationship. So, yeah, we choose the Lord, and that decides our eternal destiny. But, and doesn't, but, but doesn't um, the extreme amount of God's love it was um, evident when Jesus was on the cross, if you think about it. So Jesus is on the cross, and he is dying for you and I. The sins of humanity is on Jesus, right? So he's sitting, he's in between two people that have committed the ultimate of um, of junk also on both sides of him. One of them said, what I, I believe. So the amount of what he did before that moment, Jesus looked at him and said, you'll be with me. So the amount of God's love is literally, I'm like to the, the blink of before a person leaves earth life. And you know, it says this in John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So, you know, when you even look at that, well, why did God send people? No, 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 no. It says God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, John 3, 17, but that the world through him might be saved. So the reality is that God says, oh, oh, no, my plan is that all humanity comes with me, everybody. That's his dream. That's his goal. Like every single natural parent, when you look at your children, your goal for every one of your children's is to be happy and to have a joyful life and to be healthy and be fulfilled. God's is higher. It says in Luke 11, 19, it says God has higher love than what we can have for our own natural children. So it's a great understanding that God, man, he's like, oh no, I'm in for everybody to the blink of an eye before they leave earth. That's how long that God will call out to humanity. Okay, so why, um, this is more of a big deal right now in the news, why is abortion wrong? Oh, go ahead, baby. Yeah, abortion is uh, a a big issue. Uh, Someone recently asked me, how did the Supreme Court ruling affect me? And I said, not at all. I follow a higher law. I live to a higher degree uh, of life than what the Supreme Court or what the local court would say. So the simple answer, the basic answer, abortion is not good because we value human life. And abortion ends a human life. One of our popular sayings over the last couple of years is follow the science. Well, if you follow the science, you can see life at conception in, the, in a woman's womb. So the moment she's pregnant, they see that life forming. They see all that's in that child and eventually that human uh, being developed instantly. So humanity starts at conception. Abortion stops that. So we value all people. What if we said you can abort the girls, but you cannot abort the boys? In some nations, that's the way that it goes. Well, that should be like something we scream out against, but not just because boys are better or girls are better, but because human life is valuable and we should guard it and protect it and keep it. The moment a human life is not important, society is losing its way. 
We are losing our perspective. Now, women's rights, that's another issue. Um, social issues around sex and pregnancy, those are other issues. But killing a child is never God's will. Our third son, Micah, was born six weeks early. So think of that. Six weeks before his delivery date, he came into our world. Would it have been right for us to kill him? Because uh, he's early. You know, we didn't really want three anyway. These two are hard enough. I mean, how callous. And, and, and yeah. now that he's 33 years old, are you watching today, Micah? Uh, this week. I mean, he's our child and part of our family. But at six weeks early, some would abort him. So the concept of life and the value of humanity. And I'll say one more thing. It's amazing how quickly the world turns hypocritical. We will fight for the life of a criminal. Uh, we will fight to protect someone from capital punishment. At the same time, we fight for the right to kill a baby. That's amazing to me. Yeah. It's like we were chanting one day, my body, my choice, my body, my choice, and then vaccine mandates come along. Uh, maybe not my body and not my choice. Yeah. The world's chants right. are quickly proven foolish. Right. So we go to a higher right. law. Right. And uh, Proverbs 139, that's maybe the most powerful scripture. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God knew you in the womb. All the scriptures we share today will be on the app, yeah. so you can find them and, and read them for yourselves. But yeah. it's not just what we feel. We want to follow God and God's word. So, so you are known in the womb, not just after you were born. Right. And, you know, um, go ahead. I mean, like, yeah, that's a good one. That's really true. Um, it's Psalms 139 that talks about that. But Genesis to Revelation, when you look at the word, it's very, very clear how God loves humanity. He loves all people. But also, we, uh, for, forever, since we started Christian faith, we have always believed in, you know, women. But we believe in women. We believe in um, letting women be all that God has called them to be and live at the very, very highest level. And sometimes in the debate and in the challenge and the ugliness of what words say, it's kind of like, well, either you're, you're for the baby or for the woman. And I'm like, no, 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 no. No, Christians are for both, for all. We're always for both, right? We are for women. Amen. Right here. We're for women. And um, so we fight for humanity and we fight for people. Um, and in, the, in, in, in my own personal story, you know, my, uh, my parents led by example, too. I mean, my, my youngest sister's adopted. Um, my, I have a nephew and a niece that are both adopted. And I have a grandson that's adopted. Um, there are so many ways of living above the ugliness in which the devil wants to bring in destruction and shame and challenge and, and uh, that kind of thing. So we, we as Christians, and we want to see, what does the Bible have to say? Even though you might have been raised with a certain kind of belief structure, you know you, you, you know, you think a certain way, I would really encourage us to say, well, what does the Bible have to say and why does it say it? 
what, what's behind that? And how do I live what the Bible has to say? Because th- there's, a, there's an amazing reality that the Bible brings peace, it brings strength, and it brings a wholeness in our very being. The further our society continuously gets away from God's principles, the, the further we're seeing the chaoticness that's going on, the, the random, the, uh, you know, the, the racism the, the divisiveness, the ugliness, the, the meanness. It's like if you don't have a foundation of the why, then everybody kind of is doing everything to their own desire. So in this particular fight, in, in a good way, we just go, no, no, we're for humanity. We're for it when it first starts, but we're also for it at the end of life, that we love humanity and we want to bring the very best. Yeah? Amen. That's great. Amen. I love that we're for the child, we're for, we're for women. Yep. Um, I also even want to add, uh, sometimes we fight uh, the wrong battles. Yes. And I think if the church was putting more energy and effort, and effort into uh, fighting for marriage, uh-huh. fighting for m- men to stay healthy fathers, stay in the home, Good. raise their children. Uh, if we yeah. fought for holiness where sex was between a husband and a wife, in, wed- in, in marriage, yep. if those were some of the things we fought more for, then it would answer some of the things that we're fighting against already. Yep. Now, it wouldn't solve all, the, all of the issues, but it would, it would, be, it would, it would solve a lot of them. Right. Yep. And so we fought more for healthy marriages and more for men staying home and raising their children and being great role models. And if we fought for holiness, which says, like, we know how babies are made. There's, like, one act, and no one's ever worked around it. And so if we said that that was for marriage only, um, there would be a lot of things that would get solved in the process of pursuing holiness. The other thing that I want to add to anyone that's watching and in the room online, um, if you're new to following Jesus um, or you haven't, these are new ideas and concepts, by no means we want to push you out of the room and go, oh, this isn't for you and we're out of here. We would really encourage you and invite you into more of the conversation with us and think about this and Look up the scripture of what Jesus says about this. We're not trying to get on our own soapboxes up here. We're trying to live our lives based off of principles from the word, from the Bible. And some of us have different things that we'll have to navigate, and we have emotions that disagree with biblical truths. And we just got to work through those and go, this, what does the Bible say? Because we're not trying to push anyone out um, just with personal opinions up here. That's for sure. Yep. And, uh, okay, so... Uh, Mom, tell me why, uh, why does God let bad things happen? I think a lot of us have thought that question. Some people have asked us those questions. Well, why does God let so much bad stuff happen? You know, it's bad in the world. There's war, there's hunger, there's all these issues in the world. Why does God, if God is all powerful, Uh why does bad things happen? Yeah. Well, bad things happen. I mean, I hope that you're, you that have been coming, you that are online, we, we regularly talk about the reality. Earth life has tough stuff. And to not know that is just, you know, just can be a side swipe onto your whole world and life. Um, some of the worst of things happened. Uh, we have two very, very good friends that have both lost. One lost a 17-year-old son. One lost a 9-year-old son in car accidents um, that are pastoring and and. and the, I, bad things happen to 
people that are genuinely living for God full on and that you know, if we put it in that, do they deserve it? No, it's not about deserve or not deserve. We have to recognize certain things about the earth that, you know, that are just the, the reality of earth life. Uh, Romans 8 teaches us, I think it's in verse 21, that the whole earth is under the curse and it travails under that curse. That means that there is, it's like it's shaking. There's things that are happening under the curse that are not so good. That from Genesis to Revelation, as we started off, you know, humans started with God said, oh, I'm going to make a man and a woman. He made humanity. And then humanity decided, Adam, they decided, oh, you know what, God, we want to go ahead on and listen to the devil. And the devil is described to me in the very best scripture in in description is found in John 10.10. It says that the devil comes to do three things. And you can put every word into his kill, steal, and destroy. Kill, steal, and destroy. Everything about the evil one, the devil, the darkness, the, the, spirit, the, the prince of darkness. I mean, all the names that are called through all the different things that his whole goal from the beginning of humanity was to bring in stealing, killing, and destroying. So he comes into Adam and Eve and he immediately takes them out of the presence of God and says, no, 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 God doesn't know anything. God isn't right. You don't know what's going on. Listen to me. And humanity since really, since that, that time has had an ear to hear what the devil says and followed after those kind of things. But knowing this now that also that the whole earth is under that groan of that curse that happens. So famines and destructive weathers and destructive things that happen that comes from the foundation of the earth is under a curse and that humanity has also decided to follow the devil. So last night we're at uh, Tosh and Moe's house for dinner and, and we all were sitting out, out on their porch. And uh, so Mahal, who is one, you know, He's one, he's, he's out on the porch and he's just, the soul, he's our whole attention. We're like watching him with all of his toys and everything is just so much fun. But in his play, he finds a, a little light, a, a, a bulb, a light bulb that had come off the, you know, off the strings on the other side. He picks it up. And of course, Moses immediately gets up as the wise father will always do, gets up and he says, you know, get, takes it out of the hands of his little one-year-old and he puts it out of reach. And so what does Mahal do? He crawls right on over there crawls up his daddy's legs and he does the sound. Uh, uh, I want what you won't give me. I want that thing. And of course, as good fathers do, does not give him the breakable glass. Hello. So he gets back down and he crawls back over here and he finds a cord. So what does he do? He finds a cord. He starts pulling on the cord. Finding the cord has a light bulb attached to it. And he's, aha, I found it another way. <laughs> and as I'm watching this, I just started laughing. I said, this is the perfect example of humanity. The perfect example of humanity. And God says, you know what? This is not good for you. This thing is not good for you. Oh, really? Okay, I'm going to find it another way. We as humans, it teaches us, it says that the flesh rages against the spirit. That thing inside of us, it says, I want to do what I want to do. Okay, well, that's why, and the question is actually maybe written in a way that I would want to correct, because it says, why does God let things happen? It isn't that God lets them. God doesn't let them. God knows they can happen. 
God doesn't want them to happen, but the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy in every realm of your life. From the moment that you're conceived, that's why abortion is, is, is such a sad thing that the devil wants to take you out. Before you're even on earth, he works to take you out. Now you get onto earth. And the percentage of how that even happens, if you look at percentage, it's a million, a million to one, the how you even get here. You finally get on earth. And then the devil works every all the time to bring a culture of destruction into our life and into our world, including the fact that media and, um, and all the outlets of everything call everything that happens, God did it. Well, God did not cause the storm. It is not an act of God. There's nothing about from Genesis to Revelation that, that, that stands on that statement. The statement should say, the devil did it, not God. So when, when bad things happen, we, we, we have to recognize who, where, that, where the cause is. But then we also recognize, John 10, 10, right, the scripture continues. But God says, but I have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. That's who our God is. Amen. That's right. Dad, tell me why the Bible is true. Why is, this, why is this book true? Why can I build my life on it? Why should I trust it? Why should I follow it? Why should I lay down my ideas or feelings or what I think is true and follow what it says is true? Why is the Bible true? Yeah, so how do we get to the Bible and to the place where, where Christian people believe that the Bible is the Word of God. So centuries back, scholars, church fathers, church historians, they're studying, they're researching, they're looking. And uh, there's a process in theology called criticism and higher criticism. And this is how we find the canon of Scripture. Uh, These are terms that theologians love to throw around. This is how we got 66 books that we call the Bible. They, they stood the test historically, so the stories were historically accurate, and prophetically, the prophecies uh, were true or could be true in the future, and spiritually, they all lined up. There was a flow of spiritual truth. So the church founders gathered those 66 books or letters, and, uh, and we call it the Word of God or the Bible. Now, why don't we follow the Koran or the writings of Confucius or Hindu teachings? Uh, there's other spiritual writings out there. Why don't we just follow all the spiritual writings? Well, look at the results. Have they stood the test of time? Are they historically accurate? Are they prophetically accurate? Do they bring spiritual life? Uh, I think if you look at the results of following the Koran, you would say, well, for sure you don't want to be a woman and get stuck in that world. Yeah, but you look at Hinduism, the class system, the countries that follow that model, not good. Now, one of the things that people say is, well, the Christian history is not good also. Okay, but not everything Christian people did was from the Bible. Christian people have been stupid at times. For instance, the Crusades, big part of Christian history, zero to do with the Bible. Nothing about the Crusades was godly 
or good. This is humanity following its desire for war and domination and then putting a cross on top of it and saying, God called us to go fight these wars. No, not good at all. So don't blame the Bible for the Crusades or other foolish things that Christianity has done. We can look around our world today and find Christian groups that are way out there picketing things and hating things and preaching anger to say, well, people who follow the Bible are, are like that. No, they're not following the Bible. They kind of put a cross on top of the things that they do. But if they would truly follow the scripture, that would elevate their lives, not make them angry and mean and judgmental and critical. So the Bible, when you really follow it, gives you the best chance for a great marriage, the best chance for a healthy family, the best chance for prosperity and a society that works. In our book, Kingdom Culture, I talk about a study between an African nation and an Asian nation. One became very Christian and the people prospered. One never embraced the scripture in the last decades and the people continue to struggle in poverty. The Bible is the Word of God, historically, prophetically, spiritually, and it works. It gives the highest and best life possible. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, Mom, tell me, why am I depressed? Why am I sad? Why am I anxious? Why? How come I can't get a handle or control yeah. my emotions? Or yeah. why do my emotions uh, control my life so much? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a great question, huh? I mean, we are a society now that are taking billions of dollars of drugs uh, every year to, to keep us at a place of peace. We're taking billions of drugs to deal with fears and um, mental problems that people put in. But, and, and a lot of it is, honestly, now there are situations that we totally are, are pro, we're good with drugs, and we're not against drugs. But we are against people using them as the crutch of not allowing God's word to help them. Um, that there is a place that sometimes it's just the easy way to go as opposed to saying, wait, what does the Bible have to say? Um, I was raised with a, a great, my, my dad, um, when he went through a really hard time of life, he went through a, about a 12-year depression. And he went from a, a daddy that wore a suit and tie every day to wearing his jammies. So I have lived in the environment of that kind of level like of Like he left the house in his jammies? Yeah, he, would, he would get dressed. I would just say that. But, you know, he just didn't know. He just got lost in there for a while. So for me, I had to really decide. I have to figure out what the Bible says because I was... I, 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 I really likened myself a lot like my dad. So it was a very easy pathway for me to kind of want to step into. But, but the Word of God gives some really good answers. It really helps you to understand something. Luke, uh, Luke excuse me, John 14 says this, let not your heart be troubled. Okay, so just that starting the verse there in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. That is an action of will. Let not your heart be troubled. So there's a decision factor in, in that anxiety, in fear, in any of those negative emotions, any word that you want to put on it. It says, let not your heart be, be troubled. You believed in God, believe also in me. So you have to on purpose decide, what am I going to believe in right here? 
What am I going to do with my with the way I'm thinking? And then it continues on. In, in Philippians, I love this. Philippians 4, it says, be anxious for nothing. So again, the word knows what, what, he, what we are in humanity. God knows that these are things that we are dealing with. You know, he knows that we're going we're gonna to crawl over to the corner and pull that cord and try to find that light again. He knows that we are doing things like that. So he says in, in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. So in everything, your anxiety, your fear, your, your doubts, your, your wondering, all those kind of things. He says, be in prayer and supplication means talk to me about that. And it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God will surpass your understanding. That to me is like, I, I have leaned into this. I have spoken the scripture over myself and that it will guard my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. It guards my heart and my mind from those kind of thoughts. And then it says, come on, then finally, right here in Philippians 4, finally, my family, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praiseworthy, think on these things. So there's a command of what to keep your thought life on. Where are you thinking? Where are you going? So anybody that's dealt with anxiety, which a lot of people do, some people you're kind of, kind of I don't know, you don't deal with some of it as much as others. I don't know. I can't relate exactly because I relate to this side of being anxious or being worried. Or, But every time that wants to come at me, I have to decide, okay, and I've done this this week. I mean, I'm not talking about a year ago. I'm talking this week. I remember, you know, my mind started going down the pathway and I said, okay, Stop, stop that pathway. Just stop the pathway and replace the pathway. Go down another pathway because I have to decide right now I'm gonna, I need my heart to be at peace. I choose, I will be at peace. Now I have to think these words, I have to think this. True, honest, trustworthy, honor. I said, God, how do I do this? Well, one of the things I actually, one of my little things that I think that I do that I learned from David, because David went to Saul and Saul was in depression and he said, sing to me. And I think music is a, is that secret bullet of God that you put on God's words being sung to you. And you begin to hear those words and they take over in that place. And that to me is abundantly. Like God says, okay, I'm, I'm helping you, girlfriend. I'm helping you. Come on. Let that, let that penetrate into your being. And let your thoughts begin to go down that pathway. Amen. It, it is a unique thing how somehow we've uh, come to a place where we feel what we feel and think what we think, but it's not our fault. It's like, well, I can't help it. But the fact that God says, think on these things, lets us know it is a choice. We can help it. So your emotions are not causing you to think a certain way. It's how you think that causes you to feel a certain way. Right? So imagine you're, you're down, you're having a bad day, it's rainy, it's gray, it's gloomy, you're sad, you're worried about finances, you're struggling with relationships. But I give you a call. Hey, this is Pastor Casey. Hey, we're over here at Christian Faith. You know what? We were just praying about things and the Lord spoke to us and we're bringing a, a check over to your house right now for $100,000. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd start feeling different. You'd be like, the Lord is with me. Thank you. You'd be, you'd be calling your friend. 
The church just called me. They're bringing me a check right now. You'd be so excited. Why? Because emotions follow thinking. Thinking doesn't follow emotions. Well, it can become just a spiral. But how you think decides how you feel. So if I put something new in your mind, you start feeling differently. If you could do that yourself every day, you could stay out of depression, stay out of fear, stay out of worry, stay out of anxiety. And that's what God's teaching us right here. Think on the things that are just, noble, worthy of praise, honest, godly. Keep your mind clear and you'll have peace. It's actually a good sign. It's a good test. If you're not at peace, what's going on in your head? Something's off in your mind. If you're not at peace, something's, you're thinking uh, is getting off, and that's the problem. That's, that's right. You know, it's like uh, when your car dash, it's, it's there to help you. When the lights come on, it doesn't mean to throw the car away. Right. <laughs> it just means you need to fix something. It's not like, oh, all these lights are on. We've got to buy a new one. Yeah. No, you just got to get the car serviced. Right. Some, it's just saying something's off. Something's wrong. Something needs to be changed or updated. And sometimes when, with our bodies, we're having anxieties. And that's just the dash giving you a little red light saying something's off. Now let's take care of it. Don't live with it. Don't try to get rid of all of it. Don't try to numb it. Don't ignore it. Solve it. Fix it. Work on it. And so when we have these anxieties that start to grow, maybe it's at night when you're trying to go to sleep, and all of a sudden these thoughts start filling your mind, which lead to the anxiety feeling, or maybe it's when you leave your kids and you drop them, all these moments start bringing different feelings, but it's because there's a root thought. And so let that dash show you that something's off to to solve the problem, not numb the problem. Okay, one more more question for you, Dad. Why can I not live my own truth? Why can't I just live out my truth, my feelings, my emotions? If it's true to me, it's true. And who are you to tell me otherwise? So why can't I just live um, what's true to me? Yeah, so if every person decides what is good, what is right, and, and what is true to them, then there is no truth, is there? There's really no good thing because if it's only good to you but it's not good to me, then how can you say what's good for me? So if everybody just followed what they feel, society would crumble. And actually, it is. We see that in our world today. Because every human struggles with their flesh, or what the Bible calls the sin nature. And you have days when you really want to do the right thing, love the Lord, you pray, you believe the Bible, but then you have other days and you're just angry or frustrated or fed up and just can't handle it anymore. And on those bad days, any human being can make bad choices. So we justify it. We say, well, this is just the way I am. This is the way I was born. This is how I feel. This is my truth. And then we start reinforcing and defending are bad choices. So now marriages fail, families fail, financially, we're not sure who we trust, who we believe. Do you want to do business with someone who has integrity 
or someone who may or may not show up, who may or may not finish the job. Economies do not work on a culture of lying and cheating. Economies work on a culture of trust and confidence. Confidence is the greatest thing in any economy. So as morality decays, everybody feels like I have my own truth. Today, I am a man. But tomorrow, I think I'm going to be a horse. (laughs) Or maybe a cat. Or maybe a woman. However, the Supreme Court doesn't know what a woman is. So how can I be a woman when I'm not sure what a woman is? And how can we fight for women's rights when the Supreme Court justice doesn't know what a woman is? This is what happens when everybody follows what they think is right. In fact, the Bible said it centuries ago in Judges chapter 17. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did that which was right in their own eyes. So what happens? Marriages fail. You know, 44 years, Wendy and I have been married. There's a few days over those 44 years where I thought, maybe I should have picked a different wife. (laughs) Before you get mad at me, there's a few days where she thought, what did I marry this guy for? I should have known when I realized he's in rehab, this is going to be hard. Yeah, if I would have left her on a bad day, what would that have meant for our children, for our grandchildren, for our church? Thank God on those bad days, I had a higher calling. I had a higher morality. I had a higher way of life that said, no, 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 don't follow that. Live up to this. God's trying to take you higher, give you a higher standard, give you more to live for and a better life. So that's why don't follow your way. Sometimes you're going to pick the wrong way. Follow God's way. He'll always get you to a better place. Hey, guys, before we go. No, you can just do the. I think the prayer is more important than what I was going to say. You better say it. What? No, I, no. Say I, well, okay. Like before we pray, I will say this last thing because <laughs> it doesn't it seem fair that I should get the last word almost. Yeah, but almost. I would just say, you know, I think that Caleb said something at the very beginning when we have a discussion about what does the Bible have to say. Depending on where you at in your beginning and learning and growing with it, have the discussion. Don't get mad or angry, but look at what the Word of God has to say. And then we, we as believers across the, uh, really across the globe, we, we want to be the best example of the goodness and the kindness and the generosity of God. And right now, the world is working very hard to make us hate one another, to, to help us fight one another, to have an issue that we're going to talk about this one issue, and then we're going to let this issue be the only thing that really, you know, that we let, let define our relationship. So, Even if you heard something today that you go, oh, well, I'm out of here. Well, okay, okay, you have that choice because, praise the Lord, you get a will. But I would hope that every single person, as we've heard this, that we go, let's step up. 
Let's, let's be, as the word says, it's by the goodness of God that people come into a relationship with him. So let's be those kind of people that were courageous because we need backbone in the word of God. We need people that have strong backbone. You don't bend, but you also aren't mean. That we're kind and we're thoughtful, but we're strong. We need to be tigers, lions, and bears. I mean, we need to be out there making a difference in the world with great kindness. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at Christian Faith. Dot U.S.